Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I am Dane, the second head. I don't know if I've ever done that one before. I think you have, but you've been you've been making up stuff most of the time. Okay, well then, shit. I thought I was being original. Whatever. Uh... <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. And we're not going to play anything tonight, but if you've been listening, if you've been... Uh, a if you've true been, fan. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been sticking with us, paying attention, you know that we are building up to another live play adventure. Um, we just have one little bow to put on top. Yeah. So, Dane, um, what's what's the bow? What's this last thing bow? we're talking about? Yes. Uh, encounters. We're talking it's... about creating encounters. Um, and, of course, just like the other couple episodes, it's going to be a little conceptual uh, at first and just kind of how we think about uh, the encounters. And then we're going to create some for, you know, our series that we're doing. Mm. Right? Um, so we're going to be talking about meaningful encounters, balancing those encounters, and then how to present those. And then we are, uh, we're going to be talking about some encounters that we've actually created. Again, if you've been following along with these last couple episodes, this little mini arc, um, you're already going to know what we're talking about, but we're going to talk you through how we're going to do encounters with the NPCs and the enemy that we made in the last uh, couple episodes. Yeah. So, Meaningful encounter. What is? What is a meaningful encounter? Uh, well, as we've said before, everything is an encounter in a role-playing game. It's either you, you know, as a game master, narrating, setting the scene, or if they're playing, it is an encounter of some sort. Right. Uh, we did a whole episode on it mm -hmm. about how everything is an encounter, essentially. And so, you know, meaningful if everything is an encounter, then you don't want any fluff. You don't want to waste time and you don't want to waste, uh, you know, brain cycles of your own developing stuff that isn't meaningful. Mm -hmm. So everything should add something to the story. And we've come up with a little, uh, we've come up with a little like rule that, that helps further describe the idea of what an encounter is mm -hmm. because, you know, we say everything's an encounter. Okay. Well, how do you actually make one? Right. So encounters have something for the players to interact with and provide some sort of goal. Yeah. Using that sentence, everything's an encounter. Then, right. Right. Because if you're running a role-playing game as, a, as the GM, you set the scene. Ah, oh, here's how you interact players. Right. You know, like, oh, it's dark and it's nighttime and you're in a building. Mm-hmm. How do they interact with the building? Well, boom, you're in an encounter, right? Yeah. And the goal is like, well, they're going to do something. And this doesn't mean necessarily like, they they won't always know that the goal is to, I don't know, like bypass this lock. The goal, the, like they don't always know what the goal is, but there should always be a goal. There should always be something mm -hmm. that happens as a result of interacting with it. Right. You know simple goal for uh, a combat encounter win the fight 
maybe maybe a goal is actually the wrong word if we were going to oh, read yeah. yeah maybe instead so encounters always ha- uh, an encounter has something for the player to interact with and then there's some sort of result 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 okay. better than sure. goal cuz they don't always know what they're working for sometimes they're just mm-hmm. investigating to find out you know sometimes they don't know yet right but there is a result that might be a better way to conceptualize it i think goal works as well but um it does have a different kind of connotation, the mm-hmm. goal versus the result. So a result, yeah. right? Um, and as we mentioned before, if you go back in our catalog, we have we have another episode about, you know, what is an encounter and kind of like deeper diving into this idea. Uh, but to reiterate a couple of things, there's a few different types of encounters. We've broken them up into a couple different categories. A disclaimer that I think, you know, is becoming kind of a byword of ours on this show. This is just how we do it. Mm-hmm. You might encounter something else online. You right. might encounter another video. Something or that works podcast. better for you, right? Like if you're not yeah. using our framework, that's okay. Or some other educational platform has uh, categorized the idea of encounters into different things. But our three categorizations of encounters are conversations or interpersonal encounters, some sort of just like interpersonal interaction between characters, player characters mm-hmm. and player characters, players and NPCs. And might not even be any stats involved. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh. It's just conversation here's, here's in what, character. Here's what you're told. Mm-hmm. And then the character or the player in character says, oh, well, you know, that sounds good to me, mate. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, right? That's an encounter. That's an interpersonal encounter. Then, of course, the combat mm-hmm. encounters, right? And combat adjacent mm-hmm. encounters. Things that, you know, things that aren't necessarily a fight, but you might run like a fight. You know, a... Uh, Turn order, yeah. you know, and like strict uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Intimidating someone else, um, having like a rhetorical argument in character that's... Um, that kind of graduates from a conversation mm-hmm. into... Like a debate. Yeah. Like a debate could be a combat adjacent encounter yeah. where, okay, players turn, they make their case. Right. right. They're not shooting guns at each other or having a sword fight, but they are confrontating. They're, you know, they're confronting each other in yes. some way. Um, and then the last one is like an obstacle, an ability test. Some sort of, uh, you know, role to overcome... Roll to climb something, roll to right. pick a lock, that sort of thing. And this doesn't necessarily mean only environmental stuff, right? Like, oh, beat me in an arm wrestle, mm-hmm. right? That could be an ability test. Yeah. But that also might be the sort of combat adjacent mm. thing. Where, There's like, some overlap you know, there. You you each might take a turn rolling against each other's strength or trying to intimidate or whatever. But, yeah. So, those are three types. Conversation interpersonal. Combat or combat adjacent, and an obstacle or ability test. Something either physical or mental that they have to overcome. Right. And I I think that's a good way to break it down because prove me wrong. I'd love for you to email us and be like, hey, man, this encounter doesn't fit into this either. Yeah. Show me an encounter that doesn't fit into one of these three categories, Mm -hmm. and I would... I would be pleasantly surprised, but I don't think you can. So, all encounter, everything's an encounter, mm-hmm. and it's going to be one of those, or maybe a combination of two, 
But big question, how do you balance? Yeah. Um, and as we said in our creating enemies thing, we're we're not here to tell you how to balance a combat encounter in whatever edition of whatever game we're you're playing. We're not into the whole math thing, yeah. right? We're not going to draw up a, a formula. Nope. Uh, we're not here to tell you how to, like, read the challenge rating table. We're not here to tell you how to how to balance that out in terms of, you know, what oh, is an appropriate... Oh, character level yeah, versus... No, 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 none of that. Full adventuring day per level per how many characters you have. Like, we're, we're not here to tell you how to measure that stuff or how to read that stuff. That's We're stuff here you know. to invoke thought. Yeah. Right? So, when so you're balancing an encounter... Ideas to consider mm-hmm. in order to keep your encounters balanced. You want to consider time. Mm-hmm. Right? Because chances are you're not doing this for like a hundred hours, right? There there are time constraints. People got to go do live their lives, mm-hmm. right? So how do you fit encounters into that life schedule? Uh, I always hate it when uh, a game master ends like the session just because of time constraints in the middle of the combat. Yeah. Right? Like, you, there's time management involved, mm-hmm. right? Maybe this encounter that you have, and it's like, oh, there's going to be like seven minions, and then this mini boss is going to come in, and it's going to be a huge fight. Like, that probably shouldn't start two-thirds of the way through the session. Yeah. Because then you're going to end up with something and, you know, you're going to end up with something that, like, overrides your time, and you're going to have to, like take a picture of the way the board is arranged and like write whose turns and what order and that shit so you can come back to it seamlessly and it's not going to be seamless it's going to be jarring um so so that leads into the purpose of the encounter yeah right if the purpose of the encounter is well that's actually the last one confrontation Mm. but uh if the purpose encounter is a big fight you know that's probably going to be the meat of the session yeah Right, because you want it to be a big fight. You don't want it if you're thinking about, you know, time constraints. Can't do a big, grandiose fight at the end of the session, right? That should probably start at the beginning, mm-hmm. because otherwise, it's not going to be balanced. Like, you might underpower the enemies, and your players blow through it way too quickly, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, oh well, that was whoops. supposed to be the boss fight, but mm-hmm. I wanted to like get it done. That's no good. That's that's unsatisfying yeah. for everybody. Right. So let's take two steps back because yeah. I jumped ahead. The purpose of encounter. So we have we have the we have the bullet point. Consider your time constraints. Now consider what the purpose of the encounter is. We have three sort of categories of purpose, uh, and the first one is like adding color to your world, and by that we mean we don't mean it's filler. We don't or mean it's like you know useless, unnecessary fluff, right? Right. But it's also non-essential to the story. So this is like... Um, well, it's like buying a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Or just like haggling. Um, it has a purpose to add color to the story where like, oh, you're, the players are poor. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, one drink, please. Bartender's like, okay, that will be, you know, five gold. Player's like, well, that's all my gold. Yeah. Like, do I really want to buy that drink now? Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, maybe they haggle or maybe they decide they're just like, you know what? I'm not buying anything. That, um, uh, it's, it's non-essential, meaning that the story can progress without mm-hmm. it, but it enriches the story. It enrich, you know, it colors in the it colors in the adventure it colors in the world that you've created it colors in the encounter it it adds depth and and realism to what's going on so like stuff like that mm-hmm. that's that's a purpose of an encounter you can have encounters whose job is to just kind of like help color in mm. the blank you know the uncolored page that is your adventure right and like yeah this good thing for environmental hazards to think of it as color adding mm-hmm. so like oh river crossing All right like it's not i mean i guess you, i could see a scenario where this is really 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 important but like probably it's not right mm-hmm. they're just crossing a river but you could make it some color adding where it's like okay everybody roll to cross the river yeah you know fail rolls they fall down and get wet. Yeah, they're wet. Maybe and they lose some gear mm-hmm. or something like that, but they still make it across. Right. You're also doing environmental storytelling. You're mm-hmm. telling them that, like, so why is the river hard to cross here? Has it been raining? Is it, you know, is it uh, springtime? Is this all mm-hmm. like the winter melt flooding the rivers? Oh shit. Maybe if we hadn't, you know, if we hadn't set out so early, we might have, mm-hmm. you know, come to this river in a in a more temperate right. season and stuff would have been a little easier or maybe next time we find a bridge mm-hmm. and then you know you can telegraph stuff like that you can in, you can increase your your storytelling through environmental stuff that way mm-hmm. and be like oh bridge is washed out i don't know so stuff like that so color adding encounters they shouldn't have um like a a failure lockout yeah. Where, like, you fail and you can't do it anymore, right? Like, oh, I'm trying to haggle for this piece of armor. And then, like, oh, you, you're, uh, the vendor's like, you're crazy. No sale. Fuck off. Yeah. You can't buy this anymore. Right, right, right. Like, that's not, that's not good, right? Just like, oh, well, you failed your, you know, charisma persuasion role. So price just went up or stayed the same, right? But you can still buy it. Yeah. But you can't try again. That's fine. But like, don't lock your players off with a color adding encounter, right? If it's just to like increase the world, make it seem full, and like immerse immerse your players. Yeah, immersive. There should be no lockout. Yeah. Um, the next uh, the next purpose of encounters is like imparting information. Um, so. The idea behind this type of encounter, or like some examples behind this type of encounter, like investigating for clues, um, interrogating a prisoner. This is, you know, when there is information that needs to be communicated, Mm -hmm. it's a lot more interesting to communicate it through some sort of encounter rather than, you know, just like reading to your players some information that they now know. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is... This is an example of the sort of encounter where, like, success or failure might actually lock off progress in a certain direction. And, well, I would step that back just like a half step, Mm. where maybe it locks off complete information. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But they so move forward get... with partial information. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great for like an investigation where, you know, you now because you didn't do great in your investigation, you have a lead, but it points you to someone who is like not the actual like guilty party but maybe it points you to someone who knows something and right like oh actually i just thought of this really fun example of that right you're tracking you're tracking something through um well wilderness or town doesn't matter right you're tracking some bad guys and you just roll for well you got to go track the bad guys so i'm rolling for tracking right mm-hmm. oh you can find footsteps and they go off in this direction but if you roll good enough, and like, this is the GM in their head, not saying this to the players, right? Keep it a little hidden. If you roll good enough, you might know that, oh, this pair of footprints is pretty heavy. So it's like a guy with another guy doing a piggyback. Mm-hmm. So it's two guys actually making this set of footprints. Because, you know, then when you quarter them in the alley... There's one guy, you think you got him, oh, except for there's the other guy coming from behind, right? Like, if you had rolled good enough, you would have known there was two of them. So right, like, right, right. You would be watching out for it. Something like that. So, incomplete information uh, if you fail, but still give them the information to move the story forward. Right. Or, you know, to, like, partially. Partially move yeah. the story forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last kind of encounter that we have, it, or... The last purpose for encounters Mm -hmm. is this idea of confrontation. Uh, And this is like, you know, combat, arguing, interrogation could be also one of these. um, Some sort of competition, mental or physical. Mm. You know, maybe there's uh, like a challenge that involves just like playing a guy at chess. You know, Mm. that, that could fall into this. It doesn't just have to be a sword fight. Right. And, like, these are the type of encounters that have the lockout, right? Like, if you fail the chess game, Mm -hmm. you lose the bet. Like, maybe the bet was, like, oh, I'll tell you what you want to know if you can beat me, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I didn't beat him, so I guess I I don't know this extra juicy piece of information. Right. But that's, you know, the purpose is confrontation. The purpose is to confront your players with some sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, difficulty. So that might have seemed a little sloppy we're gonna bring it well we're gonna tie it back yeah, together yeah, yeah. so we talked about we talked about the idea of time constraints mm-hmm. and then we talked about a few different purposes of encounters mm-hmm. now as we said in the beginning this isn't an instruction manual on how to like use a challenge rating it's not system. a formula that you can plug in your like variables to spit out the ba- perfect balance encounter right these are just things to think about. So think about the time constraints that you have in your session, in your, you know, game night, in your overall campaign, you know, how many sessions is it going to be, stuff like that. Think about your time constraints and then consider what the purpose of the encounter is. Is it to add color? Is it to color in the world? Is it to impart information to your players or is it to confront them with some sort of difficulty? And then take all of those things and adjust the difficulty in either direction. Mm-hmm. And when we say difficulty, that means, you know, like the DC in Dungeons and Dragons or the, you know, the difficulty rating in the Eclipse engine, whatever. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is a key function of balance. So if the if you don't have very much time because you want to get to like a big fight mm-hmm. and you, there is information that needs to be imparted, 
you have an information imparting encounter and you don't have much time, consider those two things and that's going to tell mm-hmm. you, hey, the difficulty needs to be pretty easy so that if everyone tries, at least mm-hmm. like one or two of them are going right. to get it. Which that brings us back to the, the partial information thing. So like make the, the partial information really easy, yeah. right? So like everybody's going to get this mm-hmm. and, and chances are, well, unless they roll like a critical failure, right? But chances are one of your players isn't going to critical fail, mm-hmm. right? Like if four people critical failed on the same roll, that's that's insane. That's yeah, that's, statistically, yeah, it's statistically unlikely. Oof. Um, and if something crazy like that happens, it might be, that might be a good signal for you as a game master to like improv in a completely different direction because. Riot, riot breaks out. Like you want to roll with stuff like that (laughs) and you don't want to give them stuff for free. That's when Mm. you change stuff up. Yeah. So like, right. Balance the time and the purpose, right? A color adding encounter shouldn't soak up a lot of time if you have like a big fight planned, right? Right. The river crossing, everybody should pass unless you roll a mm-hmm. a one. And even if people fail, they should still pass it. They still you cross. just narrate that like, oh, you lost some gear. Mm. Some people lost some hit points. Everyone's real mad and cranky because your boots are wet. Whatever. Right. But like, don't draw it out to be like, oh, well, you failed. Roll again. Mm-hmm. Roll again. Roll, roll until you get it. Right. Right. Because one, that's a time sink. Yeah. Two... Then it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of bullshit. Because if it's just I roll as many times as it takes, then, like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Right? It's not meaningful anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to avoid that stuff. You want to consider time constraints and what the purpose is. And then you want to adjust the difficulty, whatever system you're using to determine difficulty, in either direction. Yeah. The difficulty is kind of the key function of balance. How likely is it for, you know, any one player to get this? You raise or lower that number based on, you know, how hard you want it to be. That's, you know, that's all it is. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Oh, uh, here might be a good way to conceptualize it. Um, In a combat encounter. Okay. um, Trying to balance it with your time constraints. How how many turns is it going to take? for the party to kill the enemies, Mm -hmm. right? If it's supposed to be a really quick fight, right? Well, then make it so the enemy gets one shot, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if you can hit the enemy, you kill it, right? Because there might be a miss or two in there. Right. But as soon as they hit the enemy, it's dead, right? But if it's, like, the big confrontation of, like, you know, a mini boss or whatever, probably going to soak up six or seven or more hits, right? Yeah. Which is going to take time and whatever. So. Yeah. Time constraints and the purpose, if you mash those two together and you put them in the secret formula that we're not telling you. Yeah, the the actual mathematics. Because we don't know what game system you're on. We don't know what dice you're using. Um, But yeah, that's, that's the idea of balancing encounters. Maybe that's not super helpful. It's more conceptual than it is instructive, but uh, think about it that way, and that'll help you dial in your own stuff. Um, Then the next thing we want to talk about are different ways to present encounters. Mm -hmm. So you thought about all this stuff. You thought about, okay, I'm not going to make anything that's not meaningful. Everything is going to be meaningful. 
I've thought about how to balance it, and I've thought about these different types of encounters it can be, and I know what I'm going to do, uh, and I know how long it's going to take and how hard it's going to be. How do you present it? There are a couple different ways to present encounters. We're going to go through these now. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that is a sticky wicket sometimes, I think, mm -hmm. presenting the encounter, right? Because you don't want to feel like you're railroading, mm -hmm. right? So, like, there are some encounters that your player characters will choose, right? Like, the starting the conversation. Yeah. Right? I go up to who's it's, and I say, hey... Um, um, Dale, I want a job, right? Player is choosing to start an encounter, mm -hmm. which is different than being like, hey, Dale, do you want a job? And then Dale's like, how do you know my name? Right. Or, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the haggling example, like interpersonal stuff where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, buying a drink, whatever, or, uh, like, your your party's, you know, they're relaxing after the adventure in the tavern, and then one of your players is like, oh, what does a waiter look like? And you're like, oh, well, he looks like this. And they're like, I think he's hot. I try and seduce him. That's a, you know... Um, players chosen. That's a player chosen. That's a player-driven thing where the players start the conversation. They mm -hmm. And they initiate it by, like, saying, I do this. And you're like, okay then you check your stuff real quick or maybe you know it off the top of your head really well cuz you're a good you know you're a good game master and you say okay roll for it and yeah so that's that's one type of presentation the presentation wherein right. the so players choose it the players real, initiate it yeah that's real easy there's no um there's no like disconnect between what the players were doing and then what they're into now right cuz the players are like Oh, hey, you look really good tonight. Yeah. Right? You know, the flirting example. So then the game master can riff off of that. And then all of a sudden, players don't even know they're in an encounter, but they're in an yeah, encounter. Yeah, but now they're just like they're in it. They're role playing. They're, mm -hmm. And they're rolling to try stuff. And that's good. Right. Um, other things. Well, the, the next one. So that's encounters that players choose, an mm -hmm. encounter that the players initiate. The other one is stuff that you initiate, something that happens to the players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this covers everything from, like, the river crossing example to, you know, like an ambush by bad guys. And sometimes it's not even narratively an ambush. Sometimes it's just, like, roll initiative because mm -hmm. you're in the same room with some bad guys. Right. Um, but, you know. So things that happen to the players, right? That's another way to present an encounter is, yeah. oh, everybody roll initiative. Right. Right. Or, you know, maybe your game system doesn't have initiative like mm -hmm. the Eclipse engine. Or maybe someone just starts something. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the NPCs picks a fight or one of the NPCs like uh, try and get away from the idea of a, of a sword fight, a combat encounter, because that's that's real easy. Mm. We want to drill into everybody that everything is an encounter so another example of that is like they just they just got back from an adventure and they're doing the relaxy in the tavern but maybe nobody's feeling flirty so they don't try any seducing but then a guy just Kicks, pulls you know, up a chair and yeah. suddenly sits mm -hmm. down with them and, and is like, like hey you guys did that dungeon right yeah well what did you get from it yeah and then like the players are like mm, do we tell them the truth like right. 
Now they are in an encounter where they have to make decisions, and if they, you know, try to do anything, they're probably going to be rolling for it, unless it's just, you know, what they say. And well, then it turns out that guy pulled up was going to rob him. Yeah. If they come back with a bunch of treasure, he was going to get his guys to rob. Right. He's just he's, and that's what the encounter is. They don't know what it is, but the result is, well, so the interaction. Because remember, interaction and then result; those are the key things that create an encounter. The interaction is guy just pulled up a chair and sat down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you know, aren't feeling this. Right. Maybe you didn't you want tell to the fuck socialize. Off, buddy, get out of here. And that's some sort of result. He leaves, or maybe he doesn't. Or maybe he tries. Is like, all right, cool. I'll buy you all around. Charisma yeah. roll. Mm-hmm. And then game master's like, what's your charisma? What's yeah. your? What's yours? Okay. Oh, you accept the round. Yeah, you're into it. You maybe weren't feeling it at first, but now you're feeling it. And now this guy is kind of like mechanically he's calling the shots this is a thing that's happening to the players um i like that example because it's not a sword fight but that's the other easy thing is like combat encounters Uh, a gunfight or a sword fight something that's you know classic role-playing combat that's the other thing that usually happens to the player characters Mm. is they walk into a room and now there's a fight Mm. um but yeah then the last one the last sort of presentation thing is, and it's not much of a presentation. Yeah. Right? Because It's really, actually sort of the opposite. Yes. It's hiding. Yeah. Right? So, like, oh, there's a there's a monster predator in the bushes who is, like, waiting to attack, right? But then, oh, the, G, uh, the players are like, we stealth through the woods, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, roll your stealth rolls, right? And then, you know, behind the screen, the GM's like, okay... You know, oh, they maintain stealth. They maintain stealth. All right. And then, you know, the monster looks for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't all happen. The, all the players know is GM's doing something behind there. Right. And what, uh, you know, what tends to happen, if there's anything, if, if you, as a game master, are like, if you're running them through a dungeon and there's like traps, there's like pressure plates on the floor. And you're rolling behind the screen to, like, see if they set anything off or if they notice something. It's going to turn into one of the other two types of presentation. Mm. It's going to turn into the players choosing to do it or the players initiating it in some way. Or you initiating it at them as soon as it becomes public. But that is the other sort of encounter. The encounter where they, like, pass through it without even knowing that Mm. they... The encounter, the interaction was stealthing. Mm. And, oh, yeah, they successfully stealthed. So the tiger didn't notice them. And so they did not have a fight with a tiger. And that is the result of the encounter, even though the players never knew that they were in one. Mm. Um, But, yeah. So that's the the three sort of, like, presentation modes. And we want to wrap up, or we want to like. Well, yeah. So let's let's recap this idea. We were talking about how to create encounters. Create creating encounters, right? So every if everything is an encounter, all encounters should be meaningful. Mm-hmm. All right. So think about what the purpose of the encounter is. Right? Is it just for color, flavor? Is it important information? Uh, communication and, you know, transfer from you, the game master, to the player? Is it a straight-up confrontation? Not only combat, mm-hmm. right, but just a confrontation where it could be an argument, right, mm-hmm. a competition. Could be a darts-throwing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a rap battle. 
could be a rap battle. I don't know. That would be pretty fun to game master. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I think, think that might actually yeah. be really cringy to game master. That might be a disaster. Yeah. I think I might hate that. But I don't know if I would actually like ask my players to to rap. Well, I would I would have them do just like a rhyme, right? Mm. And then like they'd roll the dice and then do a rhyme and then it could be the shittiest rhyme in the world, but it works somehow and then yeah. I'd love to come up with the reason why it was okay. Mhm. That's a separate conversation and maybe we'll do another episode about this at some point, the idea of like if there is uh, performative or interpersonal stuff, mm-hmm. is it appropriate to ask your players to actually like do it and act it out, even if they don't really know what it should be? Should you put that on their acting ability, and, uh, or should you put that on their roles? Also, and my and opinion then, like, is yeah, roles. When when do you roll? Do you roll yeah. after or before or whatever? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an interesting episode idea. I'm going to write that on a sticky note. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I I have some I have some thoughts about that, but uh, we don't want to distract too much. So. Uh, Dane was finishing recapping the idea of balancing encounters and the purposes of encounters. So based on the time and purpose, adjust the difficulty. That's the key function to balance. How difficult is it? How likely is your player party to overcome it one way or the other? You adjust that up or down based on what the purpose of it is, Mm -hmm. what the results are going to be, and what time constraints you're working under. Right. You could you could make a session with a bunch of small encounters because they're all supposed to take a minimum amount of time, and that could be a good session. But if you want to do 20 encounters, but you all make them very time-consuming, probably not going to get through them in a session, Right. And then where do you end? I mean, you should probably listen to our episode on starting and stopping, but, you know, whatever. I don't think that's... I don't think we've done that episode yet. I think it's just on the list for later. For later of things to do. Yes. All right. Um, But, yeah. Uh, Then the last thing is how do you present your encounters? We talked about the three kind of major ways. Is it player initiated? Is it game master initiated? Meaning it happens to the players. Or is it a secret thing? And remember that if it's a secret thing, if you are obeying the randomness of the dice and, like, consulting random tables or just, like, rolling to conceal what are the possibilities, it's going to turn into one of those two. It's either going to be player-initiated or happen to the players, but there is a subcategory of secret stuff. There's there's the third result. Of nothing Yeah, happening. nothing happens. And then they didn't even know. They and that's on. why you do the secret stuff, yes. because there's a chance that nothing may or may not happen. Mm. Right. So, I guess, okay, that one's a little hard. Let me, real quick, try. Uh, so, yeah. Predator are going to ambush the party, right? Three options. The the Predator initiates, mm-hmm. which is the Game Master initiating, right? He yep. see. Predator sees the player's attacks. Or the players see the predator and react accordingly. So that's a player initiated. Mm -hmm. Or the tiger doesn't see the players and the players don't see the tiger. Everybody moves on. Hmm. Nothing happens. I think it's a little more nuanced than that. And that's why there is this third category of secret of, you know, uh, encounters that the players don't know that they're in. Because the tiger could see them. 
the tiger could know everything about them and, and choose not to and choose not to do anything yet. And then that encounter has resolved. The result is the tiger now has the information it needs to keep hunting you and to maybe like have advantage later. when it right. does show up later. Sure. Okay. But then we move on to the next encounter, which is the players continuing to move through the jungle. Fair and enough. then later on, there'd be a game master initiated happens to the player's encounter when the tiger acts on everything it learned. Something like that. Simple, right? Guys? Yeah, so simple. That's why That's why we talk so much about this shit and for so long and so many episodes. And that's why we're the only people on the internet who do such yeah, a thing. Absolutely the only. If you want... It's because it's so simple and easy to codify into short, easy-to-read manuals. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's the joke. It was sarcasm. We're being sarcastic. Bullshit. All right. Now, we're actually going to put some of this... Um, theory yeah. in practice. Put some of this theory into practice, and we're going to create a couple encounters. As we mentioned before, um, this is all building towards a live play one-shot uh, using our Eclipse Engine Afterlife Apocalypse setting. Um, and... So we did... We've done some stuff for it already. NPCs. Yeah. We did enemies. Let's talk encounters. So, maybe a quick recap is in order. Um, faithful listeners should maybe know, but we wanna we wanna get all our ducks in the row for this. Um, the adventure is gonna be a uh, a bottle episode in a bar in the apocalyptic Louisiana swamps of afterlife during a hurricane. So everyone's kind of like sheltering from the bad weather and. No, not having the best of times. Mm-hmm. But there are some folks in here trying to make it a good time. So we, we came up with a few things. First of all, most recently, we came up with a bad guy who's going to be like the enemy of the encounter. Right. But he'll show up later. Um, and we also came up with a list of NPCs, some, yeah, right? The, Non-player characters. The folks who are also in the bar with the player character, whoever that ends up being and whatever character they end up playing. Mm-hmm. So um, we have uh, we have some card players who are going to be yes. you know, hanging out, doing some gambling. Uh, what else we have? We have a merchant. We have a merchant who's in merchant. there. Um, I think how we set him up is he's like, he's lost his bodyguard and he's kind of grumpily guarding his stuff and wishing there wasn't a storm so he could move along, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another character who's challenging, uh, anyone who, you know, anyone who will take him up to a, what, what do we decide? It's like an ax throwing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's this guy? Uh, that would be Hermes the Warg. Okay. Um, and they're throwing throwing tomahawks mm-hmm. um, at like a alligator skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also got the bartender, and then we got the bad guy, the main the bounty hunter who's going to confront the player. So we got these NPCs, we got the pitch, uh, we got the enemy, we got all this stuff, but we just talked about creating counters. So we're going to talk you through real quick um, the bones and the like specific roles that we've come up with that are going to define these encounters. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, we thought what 
might be a color adding counter is the juke the juke rocks the jukebox <clears throat> jukebox is bro broken it's broken and so you're you're doing a lock in in a pub at night and everyone's kind of in a bad mood cuz the weather sucks and the music isn't working Ugh. so there's a broken jukebox nobody is nobody's happy about that mm. that's just kind of an open ended color adding encounter if someone were you know inclined they could try and fix it right so the player well this actually could go one of two ways uh right the player could see the jukebox and be like oh hey mm -hmm. so this thing's dead right well let me try and like you know hit it a couple times and oh well, hopefully it comes yeah. on and it looks real cool or, but we don't whatever. we don't know what they're gonna do they could walk up to it mm -hmm. try and use it realize it's broken mm -hmm. they could hear it's broken from somebody else um they could notice it's broken yeah. put that away for later find out they don't have enough money for whatever they want and then offer to be like hey bar barkeep uh what's it worth to you if i fix the jukebox right barkeep might be like oh, i'll front you a couple rounds of drinks right, if you so can get it fixed color adding encounter yeah right it should be um not necessarily like a given that they're gonna fix it but like it's just one roll yeah fix it or not fix it um what do you think i think like mid-level mid-level difficulty maybe a nine. you know yeah they could they could boof it or they could or they could nail it and either way it's not going to change that much mm. but is a little bit of a fun thing. So yeah, just a simple, like whatever the role is, if they have like tinkering or repair or electronics, they can try something and the opposing difficulty value is going to be nine. Whatever they're good at, they mm -hmm. can oppose it with and try it. Yeah. All right. Next encounter. And remember, these are all optional and in any order. We don't know what our player is going to do when we actually like present this and run it. Um, but the next encounter that we came up with is the card game with the two gambling NPCs. Um, and if you'll remember mm -hmm. back in that episode, uh, we created these characters uh, as special characters because they do have a little bit going on for them. They have separate stats for their ability to bluff and their ability to uh, read. The... Right, so we had, we had two of them. Mm -hmm. One of them can't read bluffs. Mm-hmm. And the other one has a big tell. Yeah. So, how are we going to design this encounter? Well, spoiler alert, we already kind of have. So, we're, we're talking you yeah. through what we've already done. Mm -hmm. But uh, what it is, is going to be a card game where you can play several hands with these guys. And how it's going to work is you can either... Um, the player will... You know, yeah. announce that I'm playing poker. We're yeah. not going to actually do yeah, cards to the table, yeah. nothing like that. We're not going to simulate the poker game. Mm -hmm. What they're going to do is either roll perception mm -hmm. to read their opponents. Well, what the, yeah, what the game master is going to ask for is like, okay, so you sit down at the table, you're playing cards. Give me a perception roll to read the opponents mm -hmm. or a charisma to, to bluff, bluff them. And then that is going to be against... They're going to roll against both of these other characters. Remember, one is good at one thing and the other is good at the other. Mm -hmm. And the results of that are going to determine how the hand goes. Now, we talked about how encounters are defined by something interactive. 
and then a result. The results of this are that the players can lose or gain money and ammunition. That's what's being gambled for. Mm. Uh, so they can... And uh, not a spoiler, I think, to say, we're going to start these characters off with not very much. So if they really want to have a good time tonight, they yeah. need to get some money from somewhere. So I think uh, in terms of balance and thinking about time constraints, probably uh, four hands of poker. Mm-hmm. That's the max I think I would allow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, oh, we're out of money. Right. right. And however or, it goes, they're breaking even, right, yeah. they're losing, mm-hmm. or they're winning. Right. Four hands of poker is when the poker game just kind of like... The, the gamblers in the game. Yeah. And that's um, going back to you know presenting encounters. That's the thing that's going to happen to the NPCs mm-hmm. at some point. The encounter is going to be cut off. Yes. One way or another. Doing bad, doing good breaking even they're gonna be like all right we don't feel like playing poker anymore let's go to the bar yeah or you know get out of here we took all your money or i'm out of money i'm leaving right right something like that um but yeah we need but to, that's that's the card game we can't just have the players sit there and play poker all night right, right? that's the time we got thing. other stuff to get through we got to get to other stuff so it has to be limited in some way the next thing we got is we got the merchant's we got the merchant in the bar who's got a load of goods and, you know, valuables, and he's jealously guarding it because he's lost his bodyguard. Yep. Um, but he's also kind of an open book. Or, no, not a... He's an open-ended encounter which can go yeah. uh, a number of different ways. Now, this one is going to be a player-initiated thing. If the players don't talk to this guy... He's not going to call him over and no. be like, hey. No. But... There are a few different things that could happen. The um, the player could convince the merchant to like take him on as his new caravan guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could persuade him some way or other to like stand them for drinks, or they could um, they could haggle with them. Maybe they've got something in their gear. They could you know try and trade up or sell him something mm-hmm. to you know afford something, some food or another drink from the bar. There are a lot of different options to this, but uh, it's going to be player initiated Mm -hmm. and the player is going to kind of determine what they want out of it. And depending on what they want, then we're going to use the stats for the merchant that we came up with, which is just a general high difficulty. Well, it's got it's got a general difficulty and then, you know, is susceptible to charm. Yeah, if they. If the player comes in all smooth and you know, mm-hmm. sexy... The and... difficulty will be a little bit lower. But in every other case, it's going to be against a base difficulty. Yeah. Um, and the player can choose kind of what they want to get out of that. Right. Uh, and I would say one conversation with the merchant, going back to the time constraint thing, that's it. Whether it goes good Success or bad or and fail. whatever... Yeah. Then the merchant is like, get away, I don't want to drink with you anymore. Or, or I'm standing you drinks because you're my new guard. Um, and then that interaction ends because we need to move on to other stuff. Yes. Now, the next thing we got going on is... So, the tomahawk. Game. Yeah, the axe throwing. I think this should be uh, a encounter that happens to the player. I like that. He, like, this warg, Hermes, calls the player out and it's like... Yeah. Hey, new guy. Hey, come over here. Care to try your luck? You know, mm. 
this he he'll be like the carney at the fair who you know dares the player to try his game because this guy just wants to play his game and he's also so confident he's going to win mm-hmm. he's put up his nice uh his nice set of body armor or no he's put up a weapon right he yes he puts up a weapon once better armor mm-hmm. so he's put up his nice gun as like the prize because he's so sure he's going to win so he's mm-hmm. calling everybody out being like hey yeah. come on come on come on and like you know he's not engaged in a in a game when the player walks in right because he already tried it on everybody else who's in the pub mm-hmm. right they all said no fuck off or they lost right um so what this is going to be is uh decks or strength rolls and it's going to be directly contested by the um, npc the, the npc yeah so it's just going to be a direct contest about like who rolls better. You're going to be rolling against each other. And I think uh, two out of three axes, maybe. Two out of you three? Know. Okay. Yeah, two out of three. So you each you each throw three times. And the player can choose if they're throwing with dex or strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't know how strong or dexterous... The right. warg is. They don't know what's going to be better. So I think the result is if uh, the player wins well actually well maybe not. So I think because we talked about um, this warg jumping in to the combat. Mm. Right? So the result of oh, the yeah, yeah, axe yeah, throwing yeah. encounter should change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah depending on if you're like so what do you think? You think PC loses? Uh, Wargs feeling good about themselves? They jump in and try to kill the bounty hunter? Um, I would say maybe it's a it's like a good sport thing. Win or lose, if the player is a good sport about it, mm. that endears mm. this war. Um, and so then, like the result is a little more interesting. It's not dice dictated; yes. it's role playing dictated. Yeah. Um, so me, as the NPC head, mm-hmm. I have free reign to just you know what would Hermes think about yeah. how and the player. If whoever said. our player character mm-hmm. is, whoever our guest is, if they play the game with you and they lose or they win, whichever, that's not important. If they're a good sport about it. Mm-hmm then that makes Hermes like the guy. Yes. Or gal, whoever they are. And if Hermes likes him, when the bounty hunter shows up to, you know, stop the party and take the guy in, Uh Hermes may or may not be inclined to help out. Yes. I like, I like, I like. All right. And then the last thing, well, second Second to last last is there's a bartender. Uh, what's his name? I forgot. Bartender's name, Scruffy. Scruffy. So Scruffy, he's pretty simple, uh, and this is going to be player-initiated. He will not try and do anything. He's just grumpy that he's working and grumpy that the weather sucks and grumpy that he's not making very much money. Um, but the player can initiate an encounter with him, but the only encounter and the only thing he will really like engage is, like, are you buying Mm-hmm. Buy, why don't you buy something? Buy a beer. He also only accepts coin. He will not accept like bartered goods or deals or promises. That's he's, correct. There's a hurricane on. Yeah. He's only going to accept money. And so if the player character 
doesn't have the money that he needs, the player character is going to have to maybe go gamble or arrange something else. Um, and we want that to be pretty simple because what we want is the character, our player character to engage with some of these more interactive things. But there is a bartender and he's the only one who can give you drinks and food and stuff. Yes. But he'll only take money and you might need to do some of these other games to get money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, last thing we got is... Well, it's a very easy thing. We got Splotchy the Bounty Hunter, the psychotic frogman who hunts men for sport. And he is going to show up and pick a fight. Spoiler. Spoiler, I guess. Spoiler. Uh, that's how yeah. this uh, session is going to go. That's what right. the encounter Can't, is going to be. Splotchy, not going to be bribed. Can't be bribed, can't be intimidated, mm. can't be charmed. There might be a moment. Um, well, you can try and intimidate yeah. him and stuff, but like what he wants is to fight. And like, well, the intimidate if you succeed in. in right. It's not like you're not going to fight. It might mm. give you a little bit of a bonus. An advantage yeah. or whatever, right? I might reduce Splotchy's difficulty if he's scared of the player. Mm. That might like cost him, him a turn. Right? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, but that's, you know, that's it. Combat encounter. And that's also going to be the, the climax of the session one way or another. Yeah. So we did our recap and, uh, we talked you through some, uh, some encounters that we created for a thing that's coming up next. I believe that's the episode order, right? That is correct. Yeah. The next time you tune in, it's the next time you listen, it's going to come together. You're going to be listening to the uh, the showdown at the at the Twin Jaguar afterlife post-apocalypse mm-hmm. uh, one-shot that we're going to be running. So, buckle up. Yeah, set a calendar alert so you don't miss it. Hit that don't notification worry. thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll tweet about it. Um, <laughs> that's uh, but that's going to do it for tonight for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Uh, check us out at 2HGM.com if you like what we do. Uh, if you don't like what we do, you want to tell us. You want to be mean, I guess. That we, might, that may or may not be a kink of mine. We are pretty fragile, though. So, like, if you're going to be mean, be gentle about no, it. Be real mean. Be mean and nasty. <laughs> you got to send pics if you're going to be real mean <laughs> and nasty, though, okay? Um... Uh, <laughs> We, so we have a feedback form there. We also have the Eclipse Engine, downloadable for free, character sheets. We have some worksheets uh, and, you know, additional just, like, downloadable material. General fun role-playing stuff available. Also um, our email, email me. <laughs> well, we got links to our Twitter and our Patreon if you want to follow or support us. Both things are great. Um, and, yeah, join us next time for the live play culmination of all this creating stuff that we've, that we've been done doing. We worked really hard on it. Yeah. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, thank you to the burning saviors for the use of the song pond Hillos finest as the intro and outro to our show. We will see you next time. See you next time.